Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the almost famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England every Tuesday, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. If you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, reach out, find all the contact information on the almost famous page at 95.9WATD.com. Give me a follow on Facebook and Instagram by searching Almost Famous Radio, and you can subscribe to the podcast. Do that by searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app, or head over to almostfamousradio.com. So tonight, it is the week of Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to you, and I'm being joined in studio tonight by Mr. Monk Dwayne. How you doing, my friend? Hey, John Shea, how you doing? Doing great. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. So, share with us your website and any of the socials to kick things off tonight. Sure. It's nice and simple. It's MonkDwayne, M-U-N-K-D-U-A-N-E dot com on all the socials. It's nice and simple. The last time that you were here, it was uh, March of 2020. And I want to play this quick little piece of audio from that last interview that we did because it might sound kind of familiar. Things are evolving extremely quickly. And it is what it is. I, you know, just like everybody else, I've had the next... Three to four weeks of gigs canceled, and that's in Massachusetts so far, but you know that I can't imagine New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine, and they're far behind. So those gigs have not officially been canceled yet, but I'm in preparation for that to happen, and that's just what it is, you know? It's, you just, it gives me more time to create. Absolutely. <laughs> the only way I could look at it. So what happened after that interview? Well, it really, <laughs> it really did give me more time to create. Let's see, three days after that, the world shut down. And four days after that, I came down with COVID. Oh, geez. So, yeah. And it was early days of COVID. So it was kind of scary. Nobody knew what it was. And, and it uh, wasn't good. It took me a long time to shake. But minus all of that terribleness and clearly uh, it, it was bad news around the world. I got to stay home and be really, really creative. And I hadn't had a runway to do that unbothered and unfettered in, in years. So I basically wrote uh, three songs that I released as singles later that year. Got to record two music videos when things started to ease up just a little bit and reinvented my sound from scratch. We have the band in studio tonight. Who are we being joined by? On drums is Matt Heisler. Matt and I are in a band together called Tenderheads. We play around the area. Matt is in the last, uh, let's see, he's in the last three videos that we did. And Steve Davis on bass. Steve's in on the last four that we did, and he's uh, playing bass on a few of these as well when we recorded them. Steve and I have been playing together forever. He's one of the absolute best bass players in the area. And and same can be said for Matt on drums. These guys are just, they're just fantastic. And talk about some of those new tracks that you released since COVID. Uh, yeah, so because I was sitting home and things were terrible and terrible politically and terrible in terms of the world and COVID and whatever, they were very reflective and it, it was commentary on the times kind of stuff. The first single I released in summer 2020 was a song called Dangerous. It was you know about people who thought they were doing the best for us and might very well have been causing the most harm. So it was um, just an observation based on that. I started to experiment with a new sound on that. I started to experiment with a different approach singing. And part of that was driven by the fact that I was still getting over COVID and I couldn't do what I normally do. I couldn't belt. So I tried a almost kind of a, uh, a Sufjan Stevens kind of approach to singing. We're super light and super airy and super easy. I've never done anything like that before. It was the absolute opposite of my general approach. 
and I fell in love with it. It was so much easier than what I typically do. We are going to bring the band in later on, but let's start off with a couple of uh, your your studio tracks. What are we going to kick off the night with? Let's start with Dangerous. All right, I love it. We have Monk Dwayne in studio tonight on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Presenting the distinguished international news commentator and foreign correspondent, Raymond Graham Swing. This is another of his programs known as World Events, on which Mr. Swing gives his interpretation of international affairs.
as political power grows, it will reach all corners of the earth. Monk Duane in studio tonight was starting off with some studio tracks here on the tiny stage on 95.9 WATT. That's dangerous. Monk, talk about that tune. How did you write that? That one actually came pretty quickly. I was, believe it or not, listening to <laughs> listening to a lot of uh, Billie Eilish's debut album at the time, and I was falling in love with Phineas's approach to production. So I thought I would try something different. And one of the things I love about his production is it's a very kind of found sound approach. There's a song on that album that uses matches lighting for the snare drum sound and just all these really creative takes on what we take for granted. So I really went outside the box on the sound of everything on that, including the, my approach to how I perform, how I sing. But lyrically, it's, it's on brand. <laughs> so cool. Billie Eilish, obviously a very contemporary artist. I want to rewind the clock a little bit and go back to your early days. What's your very first music memory? Oh my goodness. My first music became part of my life when I was in, I'm going to say fourth grade. I started playing upright bass in my school's orchestra and I played classical and jazz all the way until the time I was 18 in state competitions and started singing by default because nobody else wanted to. (laughs) So I became the guy that just would step up and give it a try. But my first real solid memory of playing in a band was an eighth grade talent show. It was a trio. We got up, did our thing. And after, I guess we did all right. Cause right as soon as we were done, I heard, <sighs> it was like the first time I ever heard anything <laughs> like that. Like the, the crowd went crazy and I, I was hooked. When um, did you realize this was going to be your career? I realized probably that moment that this is what I need to do. And then it became a, uh, almost an obsession. It was all I cared about. It was what I would want to do from the moment I woke to the moment I went to sleep. I was very fortunate that my high school was super focused on the arts. So by the time I decided I wanted to go to Berkeley, I was only a a sophomore. I already knew that that's what I wanted to do. And the school allowed me to construct a a curriculum that was essentially five music classes that were theory and choral and orchestral. And um, uh, I mean, it was it was amazing. So it was five music classes, an English class, which was actually a film studies class, and gym. And I was lucky enough that they allowed me to do that. I don't think I would have graduated high school otherwise. And then I went straight to Berkeley. Now, you're not originally from this area, correct? No, I'm originally from New York. I grew up in New York, but I've now lived here far longer than I lived there. Now, did you stay here after Berkeley? Is that what brought you to the area? I stayed here for a little while after Berkeley, um, around... Uh, I was going to say mid to late nineties, I started a music magazine and I was actually a publisher of a music magazine called modern musician monthly. And I moved back to the New York area to start it there. We had distribution in New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and eventually LA. And I came back to new England when I opened the Boston office. And then I realized I didn't want to work 90 hours a week being a music publisher anymore. (laughs) And, uh, I sold my piece of the business and went, went back to playing. Very cool. That's awesome. Is that magazine still in existence? No, that was a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> well, let's do more music. What do you want to play next? Let's do another track. Sure. Um, let's play a song called Sweet Tooth. All right. We have Monk Dwayne in studio tonight doing some tracks. Before we bring in the band here on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Yourself. 
Sweet tooth. It's not a rejection. It's just a different state of mind. What be your conviction? My urge will have to stay confined. You're not the first girl to give a little swirl of the sugar that I shouldn't have. As you Satisfy my sweet tooth. Sure, it would be hot to taste you. It's not a thing I really can't get to. The hot from your sugar is a miscue. I don't know why you're trying to satisfy my sweet tooth. I'm not saying you don't got what I'm craving, but I'm begging you to walk away. For you, it's a quick hit. For me, it's a cheap trick that would only lead to darker days. Mug Dwayne in studio tonight on the Tiny Stage 95.9. W-A-T-D doing some tracks before we welcome in the full band. What's that song about? Talk about that tune. Sweet Tooth is uh, not autobiographical. Sweet Tooth is, well, to an extent. It, one of the funny things about doing what we do and performing all the time is people will get awful forward and <laughs> do things that if I did them, I'd probably end up in prison for the night. <laughs> um, but they, they grab and they, 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 they do things that, uh, you know, whatever. It's all good fun, but if I ever entertained the notion, that's about how much trouble I'd get into, and that's that's pretty much what that song's about. So, yeah, <laughs> say no more. Yeah. Once you played that eighth grade talent show, you were just talking about, and you, <laughs> you you got the bug of performing. How did you find your voice, not just then, but also in in this local community? How have you how have you found your way? Just by participating in it and and going out and and being in a band and, or being in multiple bands over the years and. And just being out there and talking to people, 
in terms of finding your voice, that's a really interesting thing. I think that you need to allow yourself the luxury of reinvention. And that's, we'll play it later with the band, but that's what the song Myths is basically about it. There have been stages or periods similar to like, you know, what, what, uh, what a visual artist might go through where your sound changes and your voice changes and your perspective changes. And it will if you allow it to, and you can evolve that way. And I think that's what keeps music really interesting. Prince and David Bowie are two of my biggest heroes. And this is what they did constantly. This is how they stayed relevant till the day they died. Advice for aspiring musicians. Obviously, post-COVID, creativity is at its peak, I think, right about now. Yeah. And people are, are, are looking to find their voice. What advice would you give to them? Don't compromise on your vision. Any way that you need to find to make it a reality, do so. Uh, whether that's working by yourself and learning the skills you need to record or finding the right people that are your kind of musical soulmates and eliminating those around you that just kind of bring you down and, and, and are just have this negative perspective on what you're doing. Anybody who, you know, I know a lot of parents do this and, and I've spoken at Berkeley about this. I've been invited to uh, be a guest lecturer there as well as uh, Whitman Hanson High School and a few other events I have coming up. And the main thing I start asking all these kids is how many parents here have told them you need to have a plan B and every hand goes up. And I'm like, that's really interesting. And then I'll ask them, how long have you been playing? Oh, since I'm eight. Oh, since I'm 10. Oh, since I'm five. And these are all graduating seniors uh, from college. I said, so you're not new at this. You've been doing this longer than anybody in any other profession who is graduating college right now. And you need to accept that this is your path. And if you were a police officer or trying to be a cop or a fireman or a lawyer or a doctor, nobody in their right mind would ask you what your plan B is. This is your career. Own it. And you need to ha understand they're coming from a place where they, they love you and they're trying to do what's best for you. But putting that idea of a plan B in someone's head is the most destructive thing you can do to a kid because they are now doubting themselves because the people they trust the most basically said they doubt them. Is it possible today in 2022 for somebody to make a living doing exclusively music? Oh, it's so incredibly possible. But you, you, have, to learn, you have to learn about licensing. You have to learn about publishing. You have to learn about how to make your music work for you. And there are so many opportunities between TV and film. And you and I have talked about this a million times, but I mean, even from where I started the last time we had spoken about this and what I had done in TV up until that point to what I started doing because of COVID. And I went in a whole new direction with it, uh, which is I had been invited to write for a music library that is part of Sony and all the big composers in Hollywood are part of this library. And it was, it was a massive honor to be asked to, com to contribute to it. And I've been working with them for now two years because of having enough time to entertain that because of COVID. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. Congrats on that. Thank you. And that's Monk Dwayne. He is the guest on the Tiny Stage tonight on 95.9 WATD. We are going to bring in the band after the break, so stick around. You're listening to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD, the South Shores radio station, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass, I'm John Shea. B 
being joined in studio tonight by Monk Dwayne. How you doing? I'm doing great. You ready for Thanksgiving? I'm not. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> it came so fast this year. It really did. I think it has to do with it was 70 degrees one day and then 30 the next. I just yeah, exactly. snuck up on us. Yeah. I think I saw a post online that like the, the weather is playing temperatures like the Powerball. <laughs> I mean, we live in New England. We shouldn't be surprised by this at all. Yet still, we're always caught off guard. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Share with us again your website, the socials, the music, anything like that. Sure. My website is MonkDwayne, M-U-N-K-D-U-A-N-E.com. My socials are the same. If you're interested in uh, the film composing and TV work that I do, I actually, the site is called BadStellaStudios.com. B-A-D-S-T-E-L-L-A Studios.com. Awesome. We have the band in studio tonight, too. Who do we uh, have with you? Matt Heisler on drums and Steve Davis on bass. They're very quiet tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're shy. <laughs> and you've got some new singles out there that uh, you've released since uh, the last time you were here, which kind of ended the world. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I released a song called Dangerous, Sweet Tooth, and a song called Fanblade in 2020. Last year, uh, I released a song called Fish Eye. And this year, just this last month, I released two songs, a song called Myths and a song called Just a Word. Cool. Well, let's hear, uh, let's hear some, some live stuff. What do you want to kick things off with? Let's start with uh, Just a Word. All right. We have Monk Dwayne and the band here in studio, 95.9 WATD. It's almost famous.
The band sounding great tonight. The full band. I always love having a full band on the tiny stage. Monk Dwayne, how you doing, my friend? That sounded great. Thank you so much. Doing good. It's uh, This is all like, you know, a shakedown cruise. <laughs> yeah, so I reintroduced the band, too, because they sound amazing. Sure. Matt Heisler is on drums, and he's in a band with me called Tenderheads. We play around the area. And Steve Davis on bass. Steve Davis is the master of all bass. Just a word, your latest single. Talk about that song. How did that one happen? Just a word is almost a plea. We're getting very caught up, especially with social media, in taking for granted art in a way that we're not giving any kind of feedback, sounding board, anything to creative people. Even though we can release things more readily than we used to, and people might be loving it, or there might even be this great Spotify listening, you know, your listening numbers might be fantastic. We don't know what you think. (laughs) You have to actually tell us. So in a lot of cases... I think that people take it for granted that we just know, or maybe somebody else is saying something to us about how they feel about something we, we created. But in so many cases, we actually don't hear anything. So it actually creates a lot of self-doubt. Like, maybe, I'm, maybe I suck. Nobody's told me that this is anything, or that they hate it. I mean, any, any strong reactions, we're, we're not hearing. And it's not until we do the whole press pass, you know, four to six weeks after you release a song where you start to get reviews and whatever that we start to see any kind of feedback. But I mean, even, even your closest friends, they kind of get wrapped up in the infinite scroll aspect of social media. And you don't, you really don't know if they're listening half the time. Speaking of which, songwriting has been a part of your life for a very long time. Yes. How does that work for you and how has it evolved over the last two years? It works for me in the sense that it, it's essentially like speaking a different language. It's, it's the sound of your soul. It's, it's the things that you can say that you have a harder time saying in conversation uh, than you do when you find the right prose. And in terms of how it's changed over the past couple of years, I've just been listening to so many new things. And I have great difficulty with musicians, especially as musicians age, who say nothing new is good. That makes me really angry. <laughs> there is so much good out there. You just can't be lazy about it. You know, and that hasn't changed over every generation. There's the things that are kind of force fed to you as, you know, the, the, the pop construct. And then there were the things that were always brilliant. And today's no different. Completely agree with that. I want to talk yeah. more about that later on. But something that you've talked about a lot tonight is writing for film and TV. How do you differentiate writing a solo song that you know you're going to be performing or the stuff that you're dedicating to TV or film? The lines are starting to blur. I'll be honest. There used to be a a, a significant line in the sand where it was like, this is what I'm going to write and this is what I'm going to go perform and this is what I'm going to do for TV or film, depending on the creative brief I get. So, I mean, that's what happens a lot of times, right? So if it's a show, they send a creative brief and it's, here's this scene and there's a guy walking in Central Park at night and he's being followed. And so it it gives you parameters in which to create a soundscape that works for that scene. It's it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, And obviously you don't have to worry about performing it live. So I can go to town on sound design and, and just make it real lush and cinematic. I started to realize that I was limiting myself as a producer and songwriter when it came to being a recording artist, because I always thought, well, I can't do this because I won't be able to, I won't, I can't have a 20 piece band on stage. So I got to stream it down. And I, I, and I started to let that go. And the last six singles over the past two years have been the most cinematic. I have allowed myself to be with arrangements because there shouldn't be any rules. I should, they should stand on their own as a recorded piece of art. And when I go and perform them live, I'll try a different way of doing it. 
That is Monk Dwayne. He is the guest tonight on the Tiny Stage. We have the full band on the Tiny Stage at this point in the night. So let's do more live stuff. What do you want to play next? Next, we are going to play a song called Fish Eye. Let's hear it. We have Monk Dwayne and the band in studio tonight on 95.9 WATD. It's the Tiny Stage.
Monk Dwayne and the band tonight sounding fantastic. Nice job on that, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for mixing everything tonight. That makes oh, my yeah. job much easier. I'm here to help, man. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Fish Eye. How did that song happen? Uh, Fish Eye, again, was an experimentation with just allowing my music to be more cinematic and, and allowing the arrangement to tell the story as much as the lyrics. And the lyrics are very kind of innocent. I've always kind of imagined a music video for this, which I never got to do that I would love to be animated, which is just uh, a boy and a girl in a rowboat and the camera continuing to move closer to them until it gets to this fisheye view. We have these self-portraits that we present to each other that are our best day <laughs> that we're trying, like our best selves. And uh, it seems like sometimes the truth can be found when you look around the edges. And even though the edges can be a little warped, you start to see the reality of it. So that's, uh, that's fisheye. Something that I've noticed in music over the last 20 years or so is just the, and I think part of it is with, is the loudness war. Everything has to be at its absolute. It's over. Like, exactly. But also like a song like that, there's a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of soft parts in that song. There's a lot of loud parts in that song. Yeah. And they all seem to, to balance each other perfectly. Is that, was that intentional? That's incredibly intentional. And that's part of the challenge of some of the new direction I've gone in where I am literally singing so soft. It's virtually a whisper. Uh, it takes a whole new, whole new uh, set of muscle and control to to make that happen. But I I love that intimacy of just whispering in a lover's ear kind of thing. And again, all those dynamics of going from 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 a whisper to a scream is incredibly cinematic, and it allows that arrangement to tell a story that accompanies the prose. Let's do another track with the band. What are we listening to next? Sure. Let's do uh, the uh, it's a single released a month ago, and I have a music video coming out for it. On uh, December 2nd, uh, this is a song called Myths. All right, we have Monk Dwayne in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD with the band. Stop the disagree. He could never see that. 
Monk Duane sounding great tonight. Give the band another plug. They sound great tonight. Sure. This is my Matt Heisler on drums and Steve Davis on bass. Excellent. Myths. You started talking about that song in the first part of the night. Yes. Give us a little more detail on that. I think self-examination and having the courage to deconstruct yourself, whether it be through professional therapy or just you know real self-awareness and self-reflection, is a hard thing. <laughs> and it's something a lot of people are very uncomfortable with, but I think it's the kind of thing that allows you to move to the next level. It allows you to level up as a human being, level up as an artist, level up in your understanding of the world. And I think that you have to give yourself permission to reinvent yourself and then reinvent yourself again. And basically, like the song says, create the myths just to tear it down and build up a whole new one. This is how I believe our society has evolved over thousands of years. And I think this is how, at least for myself, this is how I am finding my way uh, into my own evolution. Where are these songs available? Uh, right now you can get these songs everywhere, anywhere you can stream anything on the planet. Those songs are there. Excellent. <laughs> it's real easy to find. That is Monk Dwayne. We are up against our final break of the night. We have one more tune. I think we're going to do another uh, studio track to close things out. Does that work for you? Yeah, that works great. All right. 95.9 WHD. We are live on the tiny stage. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. Don't forget, you can give me a follow tonight on Facebook and Instagram at Almost Famous Radio, and subscribe to the podcast. By searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app or head over to almostfamousradio.com. For the final time tonight, we say hello and happy Thanksgiving to Monk Dwayne. Happy Thanksgiving to John Shea. <laughs> so uh, reintroduce yourself one final time. Sure. My name is Monk Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, and I am a... Oh. That was some good vibration there. That was cool. <laughs> My name is Monk Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, and I am a recording artist and film composer. Excellent. The website and the socials. MonkDwayne.com, M-U-N-K-D-U-A-N-E, and it is that everywhere. 
And the songs we're hearing tonight, they're all available online. Talk about where we can find those. Oh, they're everywhere, literally. Uh, wherever you want to stream it, it's there. Wherever you want to buy it, it's there, too. We live in a wonderful world. So we have such a rich music community, especially here on the South Shore. Who are you watching right now? <sighs> so who am I listening to lately? I'm listening yeah. to uh, Jill McCracken, um, who is fantastic. Uh, listening to Lainey. Lainey is also fantastic. Yeah, those are the two that come to the top of mind right off the bat. Very cool. Yeah. And we're going to close things out with a studio track. What are we going to wrap things up with tonight? We're going to wrap it up with a song called Fan Blade. And talk about how this song happened. Uh, This song happened, um, I wanted to take a more playful, very kind of Prince James Brown approach to making fun of people who just step in it on social media every single time, even when they know they're going to do it. It's like when a little kid sees a fan and he sticks his finger in it and he knows it's going to hurt, but he does it anyway. And I feel like that's what a lot of posting has become. Absolutely. Um, And also I have to add that my daughter Zoe is singing backup on this song and uh, she is also in the video. Very cool. Let's hear it, Monk. Thank you so much for making this work tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Best of luck. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon. You too.
I ain't done with you yet.